listening to the Ed Reach Network. Are you, uh... You going, Jerry? It's going, man. You, you didn't clap. You didn't clap it. The applause was on. Lucas, did you hear the applause? No, I didn't hear it. I didn't what? see. Ha. There we go. Okay. Hit the applause. You Seriously, you can't hear it? I can't hear it. No. I just did it three times. That's kind of frumpy. That's... All right, okay, we're hey, here we go. Ed Gamer. I think Jerry's hearing noises. It's a real Ed professional. Gamer, episode 117. <laughs> uh, the Future Classroom in Gaming with Lucas Gillespie. This is Ed Gamer for Wednesday, October 23rd, 2013. Ed Gamer's part of the EdReach Network, edreach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. Bring your dog night here on Ed Gamer. It is. <laughs> this show is dedicated to education, gaming, and dogs on any platform. We'll give you the education angle on any type of games, ranging from tabletops to MMOs. We will discuss how these games impact student learning and how they can be used effectively within the classroom. I'm Zach. And I'm Jerry. There's my other and dog. And I'm Lucas. <laughs> and we have dogs. We dog do. names. <laughs> oh, man. What are the dog names? Oh, um, my dog's name is Minnelly. Uh, named what? after uh, Minnelly, M-E-N-O-L-L-Y. Named after um, character in the Dragon Riders. Of Fern. Uh, okay, that, I knew it had to be there. Jerry? Yeah. Duke and Mona. <laughs> Mona. <laughs> Love it. Yep. I, I went with the most popular name, Buddy. My 14 pounds of fluff and fury. Zach spent some time with my dogs before, actually. They like Zach. I, yeah, they're they're nice. They're quite large. Mine are four, My dog's 14 pounds. Yours is. Yours uh, are. A hundred pounds and about sixty-five. Yeah, and yeah, that's kind of crazy. Seven kinda or eight cr- pounds or something. I don't know <laughs> now that we're talking about our dogs, <laughs> uh, Lucas, who are you? I, I'm Lucas Gillespie. I'm an instructional technology coordinator for a school district in southeastern North Carolina, Pender County Schools, and uh, I'm a gamer. Woo! Woo! Okay. Okay, Jerry. My name is Jerry James. I'm about to cough, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. Well, <laughs> I'm sitting here going, I wonder if you have a cough button, but that probably doesn't work either, just like Did your clap button. Did you hear it? I don't know. We didn't hear it. Did you hear it. my cough? See? I do have a cough button. <laughs> and you did mess with my blurby, Jerry. No, I, listen, I'm everyone on this Gilbert show knows Gilbert. I don't touch your blurby. My, my name is Zach Gilbert. I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher and somebody who has to keep track of Jerry. <laughs> normal yeah. Illinois. Hey, I've got something here that I am super excited about. Um, I, I, I think we've gone from small potatoes to to larger baking potatoes. To a ride of French fries. Yes, Ooh, exactly. Uh, this is the reason why. Okay. This broadcast, this broadcast, this podcast broadcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Wow. The Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 150,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash edreach. Awesome. Okay, show of hands, uh, Audible users. Woo! Okay, Woo! we will share later. My dog raised its hand, too. I, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> they, he listens to dog casts. 
All what? the time. That was terrible. Oh, yes, it was terrible. Is there a mute button on this thing for you? Oh, <laughs> it's probably just as good as the clapping. Oh, look, I did mute you. <laughs> oh, yep, you can keep talking, but I can't hear. Okay, all right, you're off mute now. Wait, no, now you are muted. <laughs> okay. What's going on? How about that, Jerry? Okay. There we go. I have more control than you think. <laughs> so uh, we will share, like I said, we'll share an audio audiobook later, and Jerry will have him scramble to find them so he can share them on there. I already have mine picked out, by the way. And, I, and I'm thinking, Lucas. Show that we were going to do that. What? I said thanks for letting me know before the show no, that we, we were going to do that. No, we wanted to throw you under the bus there. Good. Yeah, and I already have an idea of, of Lucas's book, possibly, because you, you shared it with me, and I have a copy of it. Oh, did you get it? Yeah, I did. Ooh, yeah. yeah, I did get it. And I'm so, definitely sharing that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, anything exciting this week, guys? Anything exciting? Go ahead, Jerry. Lots of stuff. Good day today. We talked about this a little bit. It was a schoology kind of day for me, doing lots of stuff... Uh, teaching some Schoology to the staff, uh, trying to figure out ways we can use it. So that was interesting. But in a, in a good revelation this morning, I had three students approach me with enough signatures and approval from administration, whereas last week you made fun of me for my lack of game club. There is now officially a game club. Yes. Schomburg High School. Sweet. Back again. Yep, kids set it up. So it's you, ready to go. Uh, yeah, it was a little lacking there. Yeah, I was well, kind of disappointed. You're, you, you are the person I look up to. This is why I started mine. Well, see, the way it works is I can't start it. The kids have to start oh. it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a okay. actually a union issue. Because uh, oh, I, I don't get paid for it, so yeah. they actually discourage it because yeah. the union doesn't love it because I don't get paid for it. But, right. But I don't get paid for my need. I, I get paid in the love that I see from the kids playing games. See, I think it's worth it either way. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... What's a union? <laughs> yeah, you are in a non-union state. Absolutely. And I'm sure there's good and bad to that. Mm, yep. <laughs> mm, yep. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Lucas, anything exciting going on? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I was just telling uh, Jerry before we started, um, we're running a, a one of our district Minecraft servers. We've got. Um, uh, we've opened it up 24/7, and we've got a bunch of students that are hanging out there now. Probably got over somewhere between 75 and 100 registered accounts um, th that are student-owned accounts. So they're playing from home and stuff. And um, at two so, o'clock in the morning? Uh, no, honestly, they're really good. I mean, they're—I don't think there's anybody on right now. Let me see. Yeah, they, it looks like it's pretty much cleaned out now. They—they've all gone to bed. Um, those are good kids. They are good kids. They're awesome kids. But um, yeah, so it's just it's been a constantly evolving thing, and um, and I'm I'm continually kind of giving more and more responsibility for the management of it and the direction that things go over to the students, and they continually like amaze me. But uh, one of the things I just did, and I got it working a little bit ago, and I was really excited. I want to try it out some more. Um, I put uh, there's a mini game called Mob Arena. And Mob Arena is uh, it's sweet. It's it's a plug-in for your server, but you have to build an arena. Well, it just so happens that one group of our students on our other server um, today just built this amazing arena they were going to use for Hunger Games. So I went and asked their teacher and asked them. I said, like, hey, guys, can I use your arena in our survival world for a project? 
And they were of like, sure. You know? Yeah. So, so I went and copied it out of that world, brought it into the other world, and pasted it in, um, and I'm using that for our Mobarena. So the way Mobarena works is um, you just say, I want to join the game. And uh, it puts you in this lobby, a waiting area, and so you can get you and all your buddies can get in. And it takes all your inventory away. And you go up, and there's um, signs on the wall that are classes. So you can be a knight, a tank, a chemist, um, odd jobs, and an archer. An archer is the other one. So you go and click one of those signs, and it gives you a set of equipment. Then you go click an iron block, and it says you're ready. When everybody's clicked the block, it throws you all into the arena, and here come the monsters. And they come in waves upon waves upon waves, increasing difficulty, and you get prizes and stuff like that. Um, really, really cool. I, I want to play. I, come on over. We, we will, <laughs> I, we I will play. play. It is, it is, oh, my goodness. My kids really would cool. love, 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 love that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, anything else, or that I mean that sounds like that's a whole lot well, of fun. It, it's just you know, um, again, it's it's always students that 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 are pushing me in my learning um, because they, they'll suggest things or or I, me try. The game for me is the management side of it. That actually becomes the game like element for me. So um, yeah, there's that, and I, I'm constantly learning new things. Let's see other things. Um, uh, week three just started in the uh, video games and learning MOOC, which is going on right now. Uh, Constant Steinkiller and Kurt Squire are yeah. leading that. How many? Um, how many people? I heard that they're like thirty thousand signed up, but yeah. you don't get that many to show up. Probably not, but it is a constant. Like if you just sit there and hit refresh on the forums um, for each week and, and the general discussion, it's constantly updating. So it, it's a pretty active group there, and it's a really interesting discussions going on. Uh, my first MOOC, um, I'm loving it because it was an excuse. Our, our first week uh, assignment was to play a video game we'd never played before, um, and it just so happens that Steam had a sale on Bioshock Infinite. So yeah. I was like, of course, I have to duh. buy it, right? Yeah, yeah, duh. yeah, yeah duh. Um, Bought it, beat it last uh, this past weekend. Amazing storyline. Um, absolutely. That's what I've heard. Blew me away. I won't give away any spoilers. No, but don't do Incredible. That. So yeah, no, that's that, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. Oh yeah, Do you know that, um, and I'm trying to find it here. That there is going to be a playful learning summit at the University of Wisconsin in Whitewater, which is near mm. uh, Madison. And I'm pulling up the list of people that are going to this. Have you seen this? No. Mm. Um, I don't know if you want me to read it because it might make you upset. You might need to take a trip. It's in November. <laughs> It's in November. Uh, so, um, uh, Kurt Squire, Constance Steinkuhler, Rich Halverson, um, there's, uh, oh, uh, some guy named uh, uh, James Paul G. Some guy. Some guy, <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Yeah, G -G. so uh, they're all going to be at this at this summit, and why it's a two-day uh, event. Uh, Danny Hero. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm... I'm figuring out how to get there and, and to, <laughs> to do that, but I've got a lot of people interested around here to head up there and, and attend this event. I think it'll be it'll be very exciting. Very exciting. And where is that at? It's in Whitewater, which is near Madison. Okay. Um, southeast. Southeast okay. of it. So it's a playful learning summit, which is, of course, the website that they're building lesson plans and activities for games that are out there. It's kind of like teachers now are asking me. I just had a teacher the other day say, "Hey, I need some games on plants, mm. and um, you know, what can you what can you uh, 
send me. And now the first place I go is Playful Learning, and I sent them. Nice. I searched for science. I sent that link. Of course, there were other stuff on there, but I wanted them to see the whole thing. And there's probably five games that deal with plants on that on Playful Learning. I'm plants like, versus zombies, wasn't it? Well, he <laughs> it was funny. I don't think it was actually. Um, but yeah, that my that was one of the requirements for my friend is just like no plants versus zombies, please. <laughs> so it's like, why? That's a great game. Hmm. Google Maps tells me that's a 16-hour drive. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the flight would be uh, a little quicker, but a little bit more expensive. Yeah. Actually, Google Maps is telling me that now too. Wow. Three hundred four dollars. Oh. Round trip. That's what it says from November 9th to November 13th. Um, I don't know. I've never seen that information before, so that's, I have to dig a, a little deeper. Hmm. Yeah, that is cool. That's a new thing. Okay, so kind of on to the uh, the topic of the um, <laughs> of the podcast, future classrooms. So you know, what do classrooms? What should they look like? What will they have in them? And this question was posed to me by somebody. Um, and I started thinking about my classroom and what I have in it and how could I change that classroom um, to kind of uh, set it up to use it to fit my style but also not future because nothing is future proofed I guess you know that mm -hmm. but how can I set it up to where it's going to last a while and and fit um, you know the a new style of teaching that we are seeing and that's kind of where I'm at and Lucas and that's why I sent you an email and thank you so much for for joining us because you've done a little bit of this. Mm -hmm. uh, you've tested out some um, classroom setups, and that I guess that's my that's my question. So, um, what have you done in your in your school district to kind of now you have this one model that you've done? Have you started changing a little bit in other classrooms? Um, unfortunately, no. Um, just so, because things haven't, I really haven't been <laughs> brought in to, um, I guess, to, to work with anyone on, on that idea. But I probably need to do a little more PD on that idea just to kind of start spreading those ideas around a little bit. So explain to those, the you know, the, the listeners and viewers that don't know what you have. What have mm -hmm. you done, especially specifically in one, it was a computer classroom, correct? Well, it yeah, it, it originally it was a, yeah. an old computer lab, right? Yeah. So what have you? What did you do to it? Well, um, so what we did uh, this was um, in at Cape Fear Middle School, one of our uh, middle schools in the district, and um, this was an eighth grade computer lab, but it had some very outdated computers in it and such. So um, I worked with the principal there uh, at the school, and we decided just to take the the old and very old and aging computers that were in that room and, and we just kind of split them up and, and kind of distributed them out amongst uh, that eighth grade team and then that freed up that room and uh, so we did a little bit of a, a classroom makeover and this was kind of uh, initiated by a grant um, that we um, that we picked up um, through the Ludus project and um, so what we did was, um, the first off, one, one of the things that, that I was, I'm heavily, was heavily influenced by was uh, some presentation stuff that I saw by a guy named David Jakes. Um, and he's got, some, he's got some good information and, and sort of thought-provoking because I never really, really jumped into this idea of, of, of 
classrooms and, and the idea of learning spaces so much until I saw him present at uh, Tech Forum Atlanta one year when he and I were both presenting down there. And um, pretty cool ideas. And, and so I, I took some of that um, back and, and kind of incorporated that with this classroom makeover thing. So one of the things that we wanted to do uh, or, or that I had in, envisioned with this was the idea of a, a very mobile, flexible classroom. So very simply, just uh, the furniture that we picked up, um, everything needed to be on wheels. Um, all the chairs need to be on wheels, all the tables need to be on wheels. And, um, and that way, what that allowed um, was the possibility of a variety of configurations. You could rearrange this room and really in a matter of seconds to support a, a variety of different kinds of um, you know, instructional pedagogies, um, whether you were doing a Socratic seminar, whether you were doing um, kind of a traditional computer lab setup where we had the tables all against the walls, um, and so all the screens would be facing into the center of the classroom. You could set them up um, like a fishbowl arrangement where um, you had some, a group of students working in the center uh, at a group of tables, and then the rest of the classmates sitting around and watching the interactions that were taking place there. Um, you could set it up easily for a debate where, where groups of students were facing each other. There's just um, so many different things you can do, especially when everything, when you start thinking about this idea of a fluid classroom, when things aren't so fixed and stationary. And, and just having everything on wheels uh, really facilitates that, makes it easy to do. So what, okay, so I'm, this was a computer classroom, but I'm thinking as a, and, and, that's, and that's good. I could see this in a regular classroom also. One mm -hmm. question I have is, do the wheels lock really yes. well? <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, middle school because your kids are like, you know, stop mm -hmm. it, Johnny, and they're slamming the table into somebody. Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> even handle wheelie chairs. Uh, wheelie chairs are too much for me. I, okay, I, so, I, I, given the option, I would take them out in the halls and ride them down the halls from one place to the other. <laughs> so, so, you have, <laughs> so you have the rolling tables. Did you have rolling, or, do you have rolling chairs in there now? Uh, yeah. Well, not now. Um, so, so there's some changes that have taken place. Okay. Um, I didn't. Uh, so, so here, the oh. evolution of things. Uh, what happened was the year after we we kind of did this project, um, and there were other things that happened in this space too. So, um, we we got some carts. Uh, went with a lot of colorful kinds of things. So we. Um, it was sort of funny when I was talking to our, our building and maintenance folks and putting the order together. They said, well, what color chair do you want? I was like, well, do I have to just get a color? And so I ordered uh, three different colors uh, of the same chair. We got red, yellow, and blue versions of the same chairs. Um, and, um, and so just kind of had this really cool... Um, colorful arrangement. It was much brighter. That it completely brightened the room. They painted the room. Uh, we chose a very, very light gray um, color to, to paint the room, and it really um, kind of changed the lighting and everything in the room too. It was really cool. Um, so after oh, and then the, the technology side of it was um, we we got three flat screen te televisions and mounted those to the walls uh, or to one of the walls and um, run conduits down in, in junction boxes. So um, you could very easily connect a gaming system or a laptop that had HDMI output or, or any other device that had HDMI output to those screens and, uh, and share whatever was on the screen. Um, and then the next thing that happened, so um, th that school is experiencing, that area is experiencing tremendous growth, a lot of people moving into that area. And so they needed a classroom. So the teacher, one of the teachers that I was working with on this project, actually moved into that space, and that became his classroom. Oh, didn't and know 
Yeah, yeah, which is actually he he took he's taken it to a whole new level. Um, so he and his wife came in and did some extra painting in that space, and um, and and did this really cool graphic that goes all the way around the classroom that makes it look like the classroom is really like breaking apart, and there's like this digital stuff in the black darkness behind the wow. you know, this crack kind of thing. He painted the ceiling tiles black. Which completely okay. changed the dynamic of the room, and um, and then he's brought in all of this like cool lighting, LED lighting stuff, and he's got it all over the room and everything. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Wow! So no, he, I want to see that. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I've got know. pictures, and I'll share. Okay, <laughs> okay, that'd be great. So you have so it's turned into a regular classroom. So that has mm -hmm. he he's enjoyed that. Oh yes, absolutely. Um, and and he, he the only thing he did he, he did get rid of the the rolling chairs yeah. um, swapped them out with the media center um, that had some really nice um, chairs they were all purple which was kind of cool because then he incorporated that into the painting that he and his wife okay. did around the edge of the room so it, it looks it still looks in fact is good or better than it did before okay uh, so so does he still have the LCDs yes yeah okay this is okay so this these are the things that. You know, I'm thinking about as a as a teacher. So he doesn't have a smart board in there. No, uh -uh. no mm -hmm. smart board. Do you have smart boards or or we we end? do have? Um, so we've kind of gone through an evolution. And since I, when I first started in this role, uh, we were just beginning to put in a lot of Interite uh, brand boards. Mm. Um, and then shortly thereafter, um, Mimeo. Came on the scene, and I don't know if you know about the Mimeo yeah. system, but it's the one that attaches to an existing whiteboard a lot right. cheaper. Um, and so we, we kind of transitioned to those. Um, and so uh, we've been using those, but no, um, he doesn't have one of those in there. And what he's actually done is gone and bought a um, like a three-way splitter device yeah. that he can take and connect um, his laptop or, or one of the um, Alienware laptops that we had in there from our World of Warcraft project and actually split that signal up three ways so the same image shows on all three televisions. Okay, that's Which cool. Which is cool. Yeah. That is that really is really cool. cool. So yeah, everybody has an easy time seeing what's on the screen. Yeah. Okay. So he has so does he have a permanent okay, let me explain my situation. Yeah, yeah. You can kinda see what where we're going. I have a desktop that connects to a smart board. Well, it's not a smart board, projector, and then it goes, mm -hmm. you know, to the smart board. Which, so I have that. I have a laptop, um, and basically, I use my laptop for my personal, like I'm like my email and stuff, because I don't want that popping up on the on the smart board. I know I can freeze it and the whole thing, right. the projector and stuff. But you know, so that both devices are dying out. Okay, I mean, they're not going to last. Might get a year or two out of the desktop. The laptops are dying. I mean, it's just it's their batteries. It's becoming a it's becoming a big problem. So, mm -hmm. you know, the question is, you know, if I was able to change this, how would I, how would I change this? Would I just go to strictly a laptop? Would I, um, you know, if I could break everything out of there, do I keep? And I didn't have to worry about you know smart board projector or anything like that. What would my ultimate space look like? And that that's I guess that's my question. It's it's you know I'm seeing schools that are doing LCD screens. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing them do and connect Apple TVs to them. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing them getting the iPads. You know, I I don't know. I guess 
that's why I brought you on. I wanted to kind of have a discussion about yeah. how that works out. And I know Jerry, you're in a you're in an interesting situation because you're in you're in labs a lot of the times, but you have you have your art rooms, correct? Yep. So you know, I want to get away from the smart board. You know, I want to mm -hmm. get away. I want to be able to move around and see what's going on. Uh, and you have a friend in there. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, sure. I was easily distracted. Um, always so, easily distracted. Simmer down. So you know, I guess I guess what I'm asking is, what what do you guys think? What do you, what would you like to have? So I, I look at it is is that the the setup of your room, the design of your room, says a lot about um, your philosophy about pedagogy. Yeah. Um, for example, is there a space? Uh, you know, for uh, if you put an interactive whiteboard there, if you if you have a projector there, um, that automatically says this is the front of the room. Yeah. What does that mean? Think. Yeah. Of, I mean, it, you hate to be too philosophical about it, but really, what does that mean? Yeah. Um, that means that there is something that is supposed to be the center of attention in that space. Now, I don't have a problem with that, um, and especially if it's students. Um, but but what would it look like if your classroom looked more like a maker space, for example? Yeah. Um, where the, or that there is a place where there there are centers, um, and and there's this is this part of the this corner of the room is where we do brainstorming, and uh, this part of the room is where we do collaborative work, and this is the uh, this is the coffee shop side of the room, and and that kind of thing where um, there is no clear central like location where information is broadcast from. How I don't know if I have a big enough room for that. <laughs> I, don't, well, I, don't, I don't have a coffee yeah. shop. I don't have a brainstorming area. You know, I, I, you I have don't a know coffee have shop? That's what Lucas said. You guys really got it bad down there if you don't have coffee shops. <laughs> I, I don't have any coffee shops. Sorry. Or 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 what I mean by that is just like a place like could could you put a couch and a uh, like a reclining chair, you know, some more casual seating. Kind yeah. of stuff. And there, is there is there a way that you can incorporate that? Um, because when you start to think like that, then suddenly the you're, you're looking at a classroom that completely changes and the dynamic changes, and and it sends a completely different message to students when they walk into that space. Right. Right. So this is this is an interesting conversation on a lot of fronts because number one, um, Lucas, I agree with what you said. Your layout of your classroom says a lot about your teaching pedagogies and and things like that. And, and it's funny because the first thing I was going to say, Zach, when you asked, how do you feel about whiteboards and, and or what do you want in your class? The thing that I think I want the most is nothing permanent because I mm -hmm. want something that's going to const. I don't want someone to give me something so grand and expensive and tell me to dedicate myself to it that I'm stuck with it for eight years and after four it's so outdated that it has consumed my teaching style. So, but mm -hmm. I guess that falls into my teaching style too because I like to teach new, different things all the time and not get stuck in my, my own curriculum. Now, to also add to this conversation, this year, um, one of my goals in the Danielson method, which I love so much, is a small <laughs> amount of sarcasm on that train. It's um, good. It's just how you use it. But go the, on. Well, so I actually made um, room layout one of my goals because we have to choose one specific goal to work on in each segment, which we're not even using it correctly. But that's 
neither here nor there. So um, I'm changing my room layout actually for a goal, which has been kind of cool because it allows me to push limits of other things. And the reason it helps me, because I don't know if you guys face this, but in my schools, we share rooms. So anything that I change has to also be set up for at least one, possibly two, sometimes even three other teachers coming in during the day. Um, so it's, you know, it, that, that changes things as well. Yeah, and that's that's the frustration because even though I would like my room set up in a certain way, somebody else could be going in there, number one. Um, the other part of it is that, and I don't know if this has to be this way, does it have to be uniform across the whole school? You know, well, but, <laughs> and I don't know, I'm sure school districts have their own thing, but, yeah. you know, they're going to they're gonna try to make it as uniform as possible because it's easier sure. to, to handle technology-wise. Oh, sure. But, but in most school districts, and I think you know this, Lucas. Most school districts will want to do it the same way in every single classroom. Mm -hmm. So, what what setup can you, we have to do that? And before we answer that question, Jerry, write that one down. I had an answer. No, but I know. But we got to do our <laughs> got to do our audible thing. All so, right. what was the question? I, I, don't I already forgot. I don't know. Lucas. Something about everything being the same. What setup? Yeah. We're showing our intelligence here. What setup? The same. The best for the same. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, be quiet, Jerry. <laughs> okay. Did you get my little text there of what what? Book I got I'm, yours. Yeah. But I don't know. If you switch screens, are we going to be messed over? I have no idea. So this might be the last time tonight you see my so, beautiful so face. So bye, Jerry. So suck it in. If you want to, if you're on a Mac, Command Shift Four. I'll give you a pose here. <laughs> Screenshot. <laughs> Screenshot that. Right. Okay. So. Yeah. So. Uh, are you showing the audible? Okay, hold on. I'm trying. I'm getting there. Hold on. Hold on. Audible podcast. I went straight to your book. Okay. Mm. Audiblepodcast.edreach.com. So it book? takes. Huh? Well, hold on. I'm on another screen. What? Oh yes, yes. And that's the under unabridged. I think that's. I don't know if there's another. Um. I don't know if there's another one there. I don't think I think that's the only uh, reader that is for that book. So yes, I will share. Okay, first of all, Audible is great. Yeah. And you know, for traveling on the road, uh, for doing your chores, <laughs> I'm washing dishes, I'm mowing the lawn, whatever it is, I love listening to an audiobook. You ever try to combine those things? Washing the dishes while mowing the lawn? No. Uh, you, yeah. Same. Ironing while washing dishes. Irony. Ironing. <laughs> catch, catch my joke there. Okay, so, um, I've been. I, I'd have to go back and look. I've bet. I've been an Audible subscriber, off and on, because you know I'm. I still try to catch up, uh, on the books that in credits that I have. Um, ten years. Does that sound? Wow. It's I'd have to go back and look my first it's been it's been a long I've I've been on for a long time. So what I and I love too is that you can buy it, you know, you can buy larger chunks of time for a smaller amount. You can go month at a time. 
which is wonderful. But then, you know, I've, I've stopped for a while and then I come back to it. Um, mm -hmm. But I always have those books. I don't lose them. I can always log into Audible and get those books, which is wonderful. And Ender's Game is an awesome, awesome book. Of course, the movie comes out on November 1st. Ah, and so I don't know excited. if I've told you this, Lucas, but my wife's cousin is one of the executive producers. Wow. Ed Ulbrich. Cool. Yeah, so he's been he's been a little busy. Beth so. He's been a little busy. So great book. The audio what's interesting I'm gonna be I'm gonna be nice and critical at the same time. The audio at first, the guy's voice seemed to bug me, but as the as it went on, it fit in very well. And I don't know what it was, but at the beginning it was like I don't because an audio the narrator's voice can make or break mm -hmm. the experience. And you yep. have some good ones. There's some really good ones out there. Lucas, what's your what's your choice? Well, I'm gonna go with um, with Ender's Game. I'm not Ender's Game. That's what you went with. That's what, hey, that's mine. What are you doing? <laughs> so I've already got I was it up and over ready. the movie. I've right already now. got it up. Uh, and ready. Gary's ready good. Go. He already knew yeah. it. Uh, Ready Player One actually is um, is yeah. is what I would go with, and that's. Uh, that's awesome, and, and it's read by Will Wheaton. So I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> does it get any better than that? No. I, su I suggest that it cannot. No. Um, can you yeah, search for all the things Will Wheaton thing. has read? I think you can. You can search by. Yeah, I think you can search by author. Yeah. Oh, look there! It's on the first page. Nice. Look at that. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. And that's Wheat that's unabridged. That's unabridged. Love it. Yep. Good. Amazing. Pull it. What's what's the other one down there? That's not the Martian Chronicles, is it? Is that just the Martian? Oh, Demon. I would recommend that one too, by the way. That was just showing oh, up Martian. there. I don't know what that one is. Okay, go back. <laughs> hey, Bottom is, left corner. This is that fun, book. especially. Yeah, that's supposed to be good. Oh, it's great. Okay. So our audio listeners are probably going <laughs> to love this. Yeah, Damon by Daniel Suarez. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's on a lot of lists. Yep. Narrative. I don't. Jeff Gurner. I don't know. Don't know that one. Uh, the Harry Potter. Mm. Uh, uh, audios. And I'm gonna. I forget the guy's name. He is amazing. Amazing. Amazing narrator. He does all the voices and everything. Beautiful stuff. Okay. So, hopefully. Oh, so please go to. You know. Support. Support Audible. Supports EdReach. Supports EdGamer. So on and so forth. Whoa. whoa. What? what? Am I no longer part of this oh, podcast? Hey, Terry, <laughs> do I, I not get to choose are permanently one? I don't see your face, so I, I forget you're there. <laughs> no, it's all right. I'll just sit here with my no, dog. No, simmer down. No, your, it's all good. What's your What's your story? What's your book? <sighs> well, I'm going. I'm going totally different. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna try something a little different. And uh, the death and life of the great American school system. Oh, testing Diane choice. Yeah, our yes. undermining education. Looks like an interesting read. Or mm. listen. I should say. Oh, well, yeah. There oh, controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, her stuff's pretty wild, especially if you follow her Twitter account. Mm -hmm. She's got a pretty interesting Twitter account. So. She's, she said some things about North Carolina uh, in the last, <laughs> few, last three, four months, I think. Did I, did I mention it was a non-union state, right? <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't know you said that. Oh, how about that? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. No, we love Audible. Please support Audible. And mm -hmm. supports us oh, at Edreach. 
Hey! Yeah. Hey! Hey! Dang it! I gotta call Google about that. Blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> make sure you go to Audible Podcast a u d i b l e podcast dot com slash edreach. Support us. I'm calling. And they my get and, and so if your listeners or, or viewers go out there and do that, they get a free audio free book. Yes. Sweet. Yes. See, you're you're awesome there. You get a free audio book, <laughs> audio book of your choice. So go to audiblepodcast dot com slash edreach. Love it. I'm so excited. Cool. I'm so stoked about this because that's that's like, yeah, we're like cool now. That's way cool. Big okay. time. Yeah. So the question was <laughs> that I had to write down. Um, so what what would be the best setup that would have to be unified in a school or, in, you know, middle school or high school, so on and so forth? You know, do we go with – and here's the thing too is that, you know, we got, we got all these smart boards – and there's districts all over the place, and I'm sure it's in North Carolina too. Oh yeah. Where they've gone strictly smart, and they've gone Promethean, or they've done whatever. But you know, what do you do? What's what are your thoughts? Do you know what I've seen? The what I've seen impact class setup the most. What's that? Even more than um, than smart boards or projectors, you know, Almo projectors or things like that, is the integration of our iPads has radically changed teaching mm. setups and we had we actually it's funny because we had this conversation today uh, several teachers have gone to like a modified U where they have the ability to stand with behind and, and interact with students one at a time like now now physically being with students in the same you know being able to lean over a student's desk as opposed to in rows but in a community for right. some reason we've seen way more community setups in classrooms with the iPads we had several mm. teachers agree and several teachers that have, we, we have the the power to we we're not unified throughout the school to make a class look one way or another. But obviously, like I said, there are restrictions with how many people you teach with. But um, yeah, we've seen we've seen teachers collaborating too. Like teachers, if they're both one to one teachers or both iPad teachers, um, you know, the 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 teacher can now move so much differently throughout the classroom as opposed to you know being. Do you feel? Do they still feel that they need to have? A, a laptop or a full-fledged computer also depends on the depends on the teacher and it mm -hmm. depends on on the class depends on what's happening you know I, I have an I have an iPad class a one-to-one -one class in a computer lab we have <laughs> you know we have both we actually yeah. use them as secondary controllers we hook them up with Bluetooth and they become part of our system so changes so, with every classroom so do those classrooms that have the iPads do they have do they have a smart board up there? We don't have any smart boards. Okay. Do, uh, so, that was not against our school board. I just meant, you know. The kind yeah, of, no, no. Do, do you have, so you <laughs> said Elmo's, right? You got it. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we went the, we went the <laughs> Elmo route, you know. the. Um, so they still project stuff up on, Yeah, the it, teachers it, still project on the board. We went from desktop, desktop with Elmo to we took we we kind of sat out the smart board movement and then opted for smart. the uh, <laughs> for the for the Macs so okay so or for the I'm sorry for the iPod I okay the iPods yes the iPads and then we yeah. gave kids pagers no uh, <laughs> and bricks for phones <laughs> yeah so I guess here here's my thing and I, this is what I, I guess I'm what, what I'm trying to figure out is that I want students to be able to share with the class what they have. I want to be able to share 
what I have. I want. I still feel I need to have some type of projection uh, of some sort. You know, I guess if I could stream it all to their device or whatever it is, I guess that would be okay. I you you can do absolutely every single part of that with with the system we're running, which I know is is off limits for some people, but with the iPads and Apple TV, um, you can use the app Nearpod. We we do absolutely. You can in Nearpod. You can I can stream a presentation to all of their devices. And, right. Um, and still have it displaying, and then have interactivity where they're participating in the demonstration. You know, whether it's a questionnaire or, or something like that happening, or um, it, it actually, it's kind of funny. I thought it was going to be an issue, but with Apple TV, all you do is have a code to log onto the projector. Right. So all the kids are on the same network. Right. Any of them, if they can get to the code faster than I can, they can put their, you know. Mm -hmm their iPad up on the screen before you know, I've since heard I I've have heard... the remote I get to it much faster but it, it, right. it paid a little more attention <laughs> I'm sure they'll figure it out yeah but I mean I'm guessing those are little things that would have to be tweaked out but you know it, it Lucas what do you what are your thoughts on that um, I, I think you definitely need a large screen of some type and and not for necessarily for the teacher in fact probably if, if it's just maybe the teacher using it save the money um, but but a place for students to showcase and show off to their classmates things that they've created. Um, so whether you're talking about a flat screen television that's um, that's wall mounted or a projector, either one. Um, if I were going to buy one today, don't don't get anything that doesn't have HDMI. Right. Um, and but just just you know. Um, would you get if if you were setting up a classroom, would you get a projector? Or would you get an LCD? Um. In my idealistic. Um, set up, um, I would have an LCD television. And I might not put it in the center of a wall. I may put it in the corner of a room. I might make that a center for that kind of thing. Kind of like a maker um, thing, maker mm -hmm. setup. Yeah, I, I would go with this. I, I'm telling you, one of the other things that's, that's really changed my perspective in the, uh, in the what now almost six years that I've been doing this and, and come out of a high school teaching environment and been working K-12, um, our elementary teachers are amazing, and 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 what they do and how they set up their classrooms and how they run um, a lot of elementary classrooms, especially kindergarten, um, is something that it's amazing. It's it's a it's an amazing system to watch, and where where it's a center based approach, where students are rotating through different types of things during the day in different places in the classroom, and the teacher is floating in and amongst those spaces interacting with students, encouraging and kind of pushing them along and enriching and, and intervening and that kind of thing where, where necessary. Um, and and I, I've wondered, and it's crossed my mind, what would it look like if that were the setup in a biology classroom at the high school level or, or the U.S. history classroom at the high school level? What if we taught those sorts of classes in a center-based approach where students are, are doing those kinds of activities and moving through? And then if, if you were going to set that up, how would you arrange your classroom, and what kind of technology would you bring in, um, and or how would you leverage the technology to do that? And I, I think you could. I think mobile is is the key. So iPads definitely, and or things like Chromebooks or or laptop computers, um, some places to um, display, but not necessarily all technology things either. One of the coolest things that I have seen, and and um, I'd love to see a teacher uh, in my district use these and em embraces, and it's a very cheap thing is. Um, is something that um, I saw. There's an educator from New Jersey, Kevin Jarrett, 
who has who shared this, and it was this the idea called hacking a Z rack. And Z racks are these huge garment racks that you know that are used in stores and whatever. But um, you can buy them fairly cheaply, and then what you do is um, you buy like bathroom board or, or this cheap whiteboard kind of stuff. You glue it back to back, two pieces of this, and you um, either with um, like really heavy duty zip ties or um, sort of those. Uh, wire-based ones or whatever, you mount it inside that Z-Rack, and then you have a mobile uh, rolling um, whiteboard that you can move around. And in encouraging students to use that as a space for collaboration, for brainstorming, and idea sharing, and things like that, it also can serve as a divider in your classroom. Um, so if you want to kind of divide off a section and stuff like that. So these are the kinds of things I imagine in like the ideal classroom. If there's some couches in one place, there's a yeah. flat screen TV in another, there's one of these for brainstorming in another spot. Um, the uh, University of Maryland, University mm -hmm. of Maryland, Baltimore County. There was a 60 Minutes piece a while back. Um, they were creating spaces, you know, basically workshop model where they were doing um, science activities, problem solving, and they had a table, and then there was a whiteboard with it, and they had mm -hmm. one or two computers with a group of, you know, three or four kids, and they were all problem solving. Not everybody had a computer. You know, so you, you they had to that forced them to work together, um, but I thought that was an excellent, um, I thought it was mm -hmm. an excellent method to have these little pod areas where the kids would would work together, and then they would come back um, to share their results. And it wasn't necessarily, if I'm remembering correctly, I mean there wasn't really a center of the room. They yeah, could, they could do that in uh, in different spots. So Jerry, you pulling that up? Go back up top. Okay, that's cool. You know, yeah. it, it's interesting, you guys. Uh, oh, there we go. Well, that's there, wild. there. That's that's the how-to. It's interesting <laughs> listening listening to you guys talk about this because I guess I forget uh, so much of my classroom because of because it is a, a space with so much. Uh, physical hands-on creation you know yeah. half of my room is literally like shop class you know I've got band saws and throwing wheels and and uh, it's it's actually I, I'm now I'm look trying to look at it the other way I would be so wildly uncomfortable in a space with, yeah with immobile personal you know desks <laughs> I would I don't even think I'd know what to do and um, yeah in, that's in what that, I'm in in my my space, I'm also lucky because in that art room, instead of having seats, we have community tables that that sit, you know, four to five kids, um, just all over that area. So so everything is is kind of based around that lab premise, you know. So yeah. I, well, I you know I consider how stifling the class is. The other, I guess, the only time that I'm in a room like that is our computer lab, when you're they're so. Um, Worked, you know, into whatever they're they're so into whatever they're they're working on, you know, that their attention is there. That space really d doesn't, you know, become part of it. But for a traditional classroom, yeah, I think I would probably I would lose my mind. You know, you know what's crazy is that, <laughs> okay, I have a traditional classroom. Uh, I had a smart board that was in front of the room, so it was more, you know, my smart board was in the front of the room, and my my kids could be all the way back here, right? So what I did over, you know, at the beginning of school year, they actually moved my smart board to the side of the room. So the kids that actually are in the back of the room, because it's a, you know, it's it's longer than it is wide, you, you get the idea. So the kids that are in the back of the room, 
whatever you consider the back of the room, is shorter, that shorter distance. Just doing that <laughs> had teachers and former students that walked in my room, wow, your room looks great. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just moving it from one side to the other, which gave me a lot more space, but it was just it was crazy just from that movement there. If I was able to transform my room into what you've talked about, you know, having little spaces and pods, uh, and then using also using, um, you know, a mobile device. We have laptops, and you know, they're decent. I mean, that's that's fine. Um, they use them, but you know what? It's <laughs> what gets frustrating is the fact that okay, turn on your laptops, and then five minutes later. Battery. You know, you know how much? Well, there could be battery, but it's it's five minutes later before they're logged in. Oh yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here calculating the amount of time that is lost. You know, for a whole mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. So you know, I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, do I just have them log in at the beginning of class and just shut it? So when we're ready to go, we do that. But then, you know, if I don't use it, I'm wasting the battery. So then they got to plug in later. I mean. But you don't have to worry about that with an iPad. Chromebooks and iPads. <laughs> yeah. Are you using Chromebooks? Oh yeah, they are. They they are. Um, and I hope somebody from Apple's listening to this. Um, and I love iPads. Don't get me wrong. And I love Apple stuff. But um, Chromebooks are going to eat Apple's lunch when it comes to schools uh, right now in our district because the management side of those things is amazingly um, efficient and simple. And I iOS is still not there. It, it's 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 just a nightmare comparatively. Yeah, um, for, for and, management wise. Yeah, and, and they start up in like eight seconds. They have a ten hour, ten hour battery life. I think is what we're looking at right now. They're incredibly light. Um, and then of course everything happening in the cloud is is a beautiful thing too because everything that the student does is there regardless of what device they're using. Um, and I, I think that 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 ties back into to the bigger picture things and kind of what we were talking about and. And I guess when I thought through these kinds of things too, when we were talking about doing this this kind of redesign of that one classroom, um, my thing was wheels, 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 everything on wheels. Because then it you can do whatever you want to. One day I want to set up that's like this. One day I want it in rows, and we're going to have a lecture. One day we're going to um, work in groups. You can arrange the classroom in that in that pattern. Um, literally within minutes, and um, and and so, sort of funny that you the reaction that you saw when you moved just simply moved your whiteboard yeah. to the side. Yeah. Students walking by this room, looking in at the tables, were like, "I want to be in that classroom." Yeah. Like it has tables and wheels on chairs. <laughs> like really? Yeah. And they were like, "I want to be in that classroom. That looks cool." And then I would, <laughs> and, and then there were some students, there and I was rearranging it and taking pictures. Some of the ones that I showed you in that album, and. Um, and they said, well, and they walked by and like, oh, my gosh, that's cool. And, and then I did walk back a little bit later with a different range of, oh, that's awesome. You know, and, and I think it's, if, if, if the very least, it's just breaking out of the normal routine yeah. of the day-to-day, the -day, like, school gets so boring. Yeah. And so can you, just by changing the furniture. Can you take a Chromebook? Can I, is there, I'm, I'm hoping they would work on this if they don't have it. Can I share out? That's that screen. Can the student share that out? Yep. Uh, so it has HDMI output on it, or at least the Samsung ones that we're using have HDMI output. So if you had a flat screen, um, you know, television or projector that had HDMI so input just, in your classroom, they'd have to plug it in. Mm -hmm. But then well, there's I'm also the Chromecast. Um, oh, that's right. And and, and that's that's going to be a game changer there because that's that's essentially your Apple TV 
uh, you know, in effect for the the Chromebook system. And that's it's like that, and that's getting better. Yes, it will only get better. I mean, that's so. You know, one thing that I do now is that the kids share their um, uh, a social studies folder, or language arts folder with me. So I can see basically their H drive, you know, their yeah, yeah. their Google Drive. So if if I look at a student and say, "Hey, Johnny, do you uh, do you mind if I share your document?" You know, I'm able to put that up on the board. Mm -hmm. I guess I'd still be able to do the same thing mm -hmm. with and and with the Chromecast. If I had the Chromecast on mine, I should be you, able to share out his document, correct? I I would assume so, and I haven't had my hands on one yet. I, I only know one guy who has. He loves it so far. Um, but that but, seems to make sense. Yeah, we've got one on. I think we've ordered one or two in our district. They haven't come in yet because they were so back ordered. Um, so I wouldn't but, even need to plug it in. Right. I mean, you just you connect it to your your device. Right. Projectors connect connects directly to your projector, your television, and so they just probably have to be on the same network, just like an Apple TV and the iPad see. Um, and and so you probably just connect to it and and share out. And so for a teacher device, I'm sitting here thinking. If if we did move all to because we're still on Outlook for email, I I, I, know, Sorry. I know. But there's the there's I know there's there's little issues here and there. But be that it is may, but a Chromebook would be able to do everything I need to. Yep, for two hundred and forty-seven bucks, a device. Huh? <laughs> I'm telling you, we we can buy. Um, two Chromebooks for the price that we pay for every one iPad, essentially. And the management is so much easier. Uh, it's it's ridiculously easy. Um, I don't know how much time you've ever spent doing sort of iPad management. Um, I've, I've seen is, both. It's, it, it's, it's a nightmare. I know it's but, clicks of buttons. Yeah, and, and, and Google and, and pushing it. Yeah, and and our our um, Google Apps administrator in our district can simply I'd say you know what I like I think all of the students need to have uh, Duolingo because Give them an opportunity, spend some time. They can learn a foreign language and play a game at the same time. Yeah. And all he has to do is go click, click, and everybody has it. The next time they log in, there it is. And the more that games are going to HTML5, mm -hmm. the easier the Chromebook is becoming. And, yeah. hey, the money that you're saving, if you go to Chromebooks for the students and the, uh, the teacher, you could probably get a handful of, of iPads or sure. strong and, laptops. And Right, and that's what I like. I like having a mixed environment. So that's a sort of another element to this whole. What would your ideal classroom look like? It it wouldn't necessarily it wouldn't be, be one thing. One yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a place for that. I mean, I think it would be nice if you had a baseline, like everybody has access to a Chromebook, but we also have five iPads, and we have a couple of, of gaming level type PCs over here, and um, and an Apple TV, and we have a Chromecast, and. Um, okay, yeah, just a little bit of this and that. Minecraft, Minecraft on a uh, Chromebook. Mm -mm. Yeah, not without heard, rooting it. Yeah, I've, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. And that kind of undermines the whole system. <laughs> and, yeah, and then and then having uh, like World of Warcraft, that doesn't right. seem to fly. Right. Yeah. But now so, that 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 brings back to the question what you were talking about earlier. This idea, if that's something that could be virtualized and streamed, yeah, to the screen, yeah. Maybe. Maybe somewhere down the road, virtualization yeah. or HTML5, I think that's good. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think the mix is really, you know, the mix would be a nice way to go. Obviously, we, you know, we chose the iPads. We've been pretty happy with them. I think the the one thing that I really enjoy about it is the, the touch screen. Mm-hmm. But that's from my artistic end because I literally have kids drawing, annotating, doing, you know, doing things on the physical surface that, that would not be quite the same in a traditional notebook type setting. But that's from my end, you know. So I guess every every place has its different different needs. Yep. Well, I think we're out of time, and Jerry's oh, no longer Jerry. I'm, I'm no longer with you. Yeah, that second. I, I want to wave at Jerry, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully okay. you've got your screenshots, Lucas. Um, yeah, I'm sure we could keep talking about this for a long time, sure. but that's but it it that. I, I think I needed that because that's that kind of gives me some food for thought. I like it. I like it. Mm. So, uh, anything else to add? No, no. Good. Just uh, yeah. Thank you for having me. Again. No, no, awesome. As always. As always. <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. Hey, uh, um, Jerry. Yeah. Anything you want to share? I think it's time for a new haircut. I'm really. Oh, sorry. That's just the logo. Well, I was about to say he had his hand raised. He's, he's obviously <laughs> trying to get your attention. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, thank you for listening to this week's Ad Gamer Podcast, and also thank Audible. Please, AudiblePodcast.com/slash/EdReach. Get a free book. Free book. Free book. How can you How can you go wrong? Will Wheaton reading Ready Player One. I'm telling and you. And Ender's Game. Wheaton. And Diane Ravitch. Yeah. Yeah. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the EdReach Network. Have a great week. Blag. Blag. <laughs>